G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive powered by puntingform.com.au uh, sectional database that we all use and it's going to be the data that we talk about today as we look back, Peter, welcome to the show, Pistol, we look back at the valley and before we get started we've got 20% left in the Vancouver Philly, which Peter doesn't want to talk about but I do because it's important that we <laughs> move the horse, you know what I mean? Wait, wait, so got a couple of horses on the go, which one's this one? <laughs> this is the affordable one for people ah. watching. Um, yeah, a little bit left in her, um, and we're headed to Sydney this week to try and find the next horse. So, um, but ma- mainly look actually online at the online sales and yeah. just missed one last week. So, um, anyway, who's training and this Vancouver? Got... Sorry, I was trying to segue. Who's training the Vancouver? <laughs> uh, Kieran Moore and David Eustis, oh. uh, friends of the show, uh, friends of the team, and interest- interestingly enough, Peter, a Vancouver horse knocked off Animo on Saturday. So. Um, you're just really getting into the narrative to start 2022, yeah. aren't you? Oh. Real narrative shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, God, it's hard doing that, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Speaking of narrative, the valley. I think the horse is good value. I'll finish with that. And okay. merch is back in stock, Pete. We had a little bit of a problem there. Did we? But uh, we're back, so good. everything on the website, themailbag.com.au, if you want to get involved. The Valley Pistol, I thought the Valley raced really, really well. Really, Maybe it was because I was also watching Sydney at the same time, but I thought for, for the Valley, for a 25-year-old track, for a, on the on the quick quick backup a week after the previous meeting, I thought it raced really, really well. What do you think? Yeah, it managed okay. Um, it seemed just from watching the races that I got to see, it was just pretty standard Valley, which is, you know, I think once you get to a stage and you've done enough of the meetings, Rail True... It probably played more to expectations than what it did last week. Um, but the proper horses won. Yeah, like just completely like dreaming if you think you're going to give Marabi like a, a slow tempo for the class of the 600 and then catch it. Well, yeah, exactly. Should we talk about that overall figure? Because the horse they're talking about aiming it at the Oakley Plate next, which is, I think, a month away. The horse, the horse, uh, I believe, is headed to the Oakley Plate. Uh, it's now six from six, hasn't been beaten. Um, yeah. I, I think it is full credit to the stable and to the the planning behind the horse. Like it's it's been spaced, um, it's it's been gradually like increased in like what it's been asked to do, and the level of races it's been in, and. It's going to go to a Group One where it's going to be really suited. Is if you owned it, you'd want to be racing at Caulfield or Mooney Valley for the big racing, like yep. for the Group race. Um, and she's going to start favourite. Already two dollars fifty, I think, and that's you know obviously pre- oh, price really? is different. There is yeah. a market already. Yeah. Well, yeah, she'll start favourite. Um, and you got to think if Caulfield's racing on pace that day, she's going to be really hard to beat. Yeah. She has proper tactical speed and. She's going to have a, a track and trip PB probably at Caulfield. So she she regressed very slightly at Mooney Valley off what the number she did at, at Caulfield the previous start. Um, until then, she's sort of gradually been increasing her benchmark figures, which is like we sort of focus on more than, you know, the, the level of race it is on paper. Because I don't think Saturday's race was a particularly strong group too. It could have been sort of a listed race. Yeah. But two double-figure benchmark figures... For a horse that makes its own luck, that's only had six starts, that hasn't been beaten, I think you're entitled to to trust 
that it might improve two or three more points there for for the punting form user. Yep. And that that's that's a Group One number, isn't it? Yep. On a smaller side, uh, there might have been a horse in Perth on last Monday that posted a figure better than Moravi's figure there on Saturday. That's doesn't happen very often in Perth. How good's that horse then? Spin the knife. Uh, it's probably pretty handy. <laughs> But anyway, I, I digress. Um, those last two figures should be good enough to be winning a Oakley Plate. I think that's what we're trying to say, isn't it? We're trying to say that, and we're also trying to say that the the two good figures, whilst remaining unbeaten, give you more confidence that the horse can handle the faster tempo and the bigger race. Yep. So it's dealt with everything that's been put in front of it. I think a wet track's a concern. I think that's why he sort of got a dollar ninety, two dollars on Saturday, and a dollar fifty. Um, so I wouldn't be steaming into that two dollars fifty right now. I'd wait and see what what the track looks like because she is untested slightly on on heavier tracks. Yeah, was very very firm late though on Saturday, wasn't it? That late betting was mm. uh, was fascinating. Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? It was like this. What way is it going to go here? There's a couple of them. Yep. Midwest was the same. Midwest had steamed from I think we took three sixty three eighty and it started sort of south of two dollars. But yep. it, before they scratched the other horse, so it was in the market a little bit at the gates. You were worried, weren't you? Like, was well, this going to just fling back out or is it going to steam right in and it steamed in? The yeah, market was pretty strong late on Saturday. What are you making of the overall figure there for uh, for Midwest? It's only just pretty plain in the end, isn't it? I don't think it was... I think it's capable of going a little bit better if it was pushed. Yep. wasn't asked to do a lot. I think it's a 1,000-metre horse with a proper edge at 1,000 metres, that tactical speed, which we talk about a lot because I love it. And... Um, it couldn't have done much more than it did. Maybe if it was pushed to go a little bit quicker earlier, it, it holds on and runs a bigger number. But uh, I don't think it's a superstar, but it's been a horse that's um, well handled and, and suited to a 1,000 metres. Okay. Well, what about uh, the horse behind Moravi, Sinawan? What are you making of that horse? I think this horse is pretty exciting and maybe more of a betting opportunity than, than Moravi is. Like if you want to get set now, I thought there was a lot of merit to the, to the run on Saturday. I think there's a lot of merit to the first up run. It's, it's PB, which is a group figure, was at Caulfield over 400 metres. I think this horse, if I owned it, I'd be taking it at CF4. Back to Caulfield. Yep. I, I think it's a it's a really weak race that, 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 that you target. And I think we had some success, potentially, Peter, top of my head with... Alabama Express in that race, maybe? Yeah. Uh, was that the one that Mike Maroney trained? Yeah. yeah. Mick D rode it. I don't know if it was this race, but it was, a, it was like a week group one at Caulfield. It's anyway, like any of them. Yeah. This, this race, this horse has, has had three starts in Australia, two, two over 400 metres. It dropped back to the group two. It won a group three over 400 metres at Caulfield in big time. Dropped back on Saturday at 1,200 metres at, at the Valley. You can see it going fourth up, back to 400 metres. I think it'd be very, very hard to beat if it goes to the 400 metre race at Caulfield. I think that's a CF4. Yeah. And plenty of merit just given on face value, just looking at the data, it's obviously lost momentum between the 400 and the 200 and significantly. Mm. Yeah, I think it's fly- I think the horse is flying. Yeah. I think anything sort of, yeah. I think, I think it was about $5 for the CF4. I think it's a fair price. Okay. If they go on there. I'll try and find out. Maybe text in like Gareth or someone on RSN and get in the dig for you. Yep. Uh, right of the day, I think it was... Uh, I think everyone saw it. <laughs> well, what about um, 
for for a noted for a noted steamer that is Roussel. Is there a bigger horse? There's not. A, when I think of steamers and horses at the market, just sort of, sort of tells you what's going to happen. Roussel is one of the top. Like it springs to mind for me instantly. Yep. Waller. Yep. Uncle Waller. Like the money. The money. Someone knows. And there's no money for this horse. So I thought, oh, we don't have to worry about it. The goat doesn't listen to anyone. It does whatever he wants. No. This was a great steer. It was towing him. I don't even know. Maybe the old pythons were getting a bit sore and he just sort of let it go. Because it was a bit undamien like to let it go that early. And then he pulled all their pants down. I think he might have given a little bit of a drive-by to a few of the, his fellow riders after the race and just saying, I'm sick of some of these just farcically slow races and thought, you know, the horse is going well. I'm just going to let him, let him roll and catch them all off guard. So It should be more of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, another confident ride, I think, was uh, Luke Nolan earlier in the day on um, Gentleman Roy. Yeah, well, Jack and I were talking about this. I wasn't overly confident he'd, he'd handle the race like he did, and he did really well. And then you look back how he's going. He's fucking flying. Career best form, Luke Nolan. Is he, is he a rider, though, you're back with confidence? Uh, not necessarily. I don't think the market had any drama with him there on the weekend, though. Because he's flying. I think, yeah. I think if you don't overthink it and just trust the numbers, he's got to be a rider that you trust at the moment. He's riding probably the best he's ever ridden. Who's he riding for predominantly? Is it just the Hayes team at the moment? Hayes, Moody, um, yeah. Some of the sort of, you know, quieter trainers that you don't really know who they are. Yeah. He seems to know them. But yeah, Hayes and Moody be the two biggest ones he's riding for. Yep. And They're going uh, pretty good, the Hayes guys, aren't they, really? When oh, you think about it. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people sort of half wrote them off and they've um, they've really done pretty well. Yep, yep. And uh, you also wanted to talk about pinstriped in race five. I think this was a really, really genuine performance and it's a, a, a horse that's now two from two. It was coming from Maui where you can sort of really question the form and the numbers and it's backed it up with a really big performance. Um, there was no tempo here. It wasn't sort of easy to do what it did. It did it pretty comfortably. Uh, I think Pinstrop's got a lot of upside. Interestingly enough, it's a schnitzel out of a schnitzel mare like our Vancouver Philly Peter. Settled but, down. Um, <laughs> I, I just think it's a really, really strong performance and a little bit sneaky. You can't sort of see it in the data, in the numbers too clearly. You can obviously see to the eye that it swooped and gapped them, but um, I reckon Pinstrop's a pretty nice horse. Yeah, as you said, that initial class figure at that gap win at Moe on a heavy track, like you look at it and you go... That's that's pretty big. <laughs> so you mm, just want to see it yeah. try it again. And look, it hasn't beaten the class benchmark there on Saturday, so probably want one more before you start getting too excited. But you know, I thought it was a big had run. To. Mm. Um, okay, we're going to get our mate Mark Roden on to talk some two-year-olds and then talk about how to handle track bias. So should we get him on the line, Jack? Yes. And it's a big welcome to Mark Roden. We're going to talk some two-year-olds. We're going to talk about Rose Hill, uh, 10 out of 10 rails winners. Um, don't think anyone's ever seen that before. If you have, write in. would like to know the meeting. Uh, Mark, welcome to you. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, if, I'd be surprised if anyone's seen that because, as most people know, I've been watching racing closely for about 122 years now, <laughs> and uh, I've not seen it. So, yeah, do drop us a line if you have. If you can remember a meeting, I've been keeping records for the last four or five years every Sydney and New South Wales cab meeting. And yeah, apart from Canterbury, I've never seen uh, this happen before. There was a lot of chat on Saturday about yeah. if 
should have been expected. And I think I said in the preview show that it was very likely to be on pace best. Um, and some chance of a hot rail. It has happened before, but in, in terms of even lane two being an absolute no-go zone and lane three and wider, forget it. Um, no, I've never ever seen that before. The most biased yeah. track of it. Yeah. I think a lot of that. I think that a lot of that sort of post-race, post-meeting, like oh me, me, me. How how didn't you see that sort of shit? Is from blokes who have been living like they've been in COVID for six years. Maybe oh, that's as long as I've been around. Maybe sort of 40, 45. Those sort of blokes that operate basically solo and very rarely if ever wrong yeah yeah uh, I, I think the 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 point that like i was certainly trying to make i copped a bit of grief on twitter was that the track was shit mm. and yeah. that if you want to be the a1 premium product of racing in this country you cannot continue to produce a track that is fucking shit one well, way or the yeah. other it's all it's all it's all it's so great to have like all the database and, and mark might know and Sheen might know, and I might know, and and the jockeys might know, and that it, that it's going to be like rails and run on pace suited. But the growth of the sport doesn't work that way. It's shit. If you if you're a young punter on Saturday, you know what you did most likely. You might have backed uh, Ash Barty to win the tennis, Animo to win the fucking whatever it was called, and saying else because Animo's a horse you know, it's a very good horse. You you couldn't win. Well, more to the point, you might have had to say yee yee. Oh, just well, that's the end You know, like. Oh, what? How, dare, how dare Uncle Chris? Uh, how dare he have the, the stablemate knock us off? That was sick, too, wasn't it? That was. Uh, yeah. what, what a ride from T. Berry on my Rary Falls. Yeah. Did and, not have to find the fence, and he just made it his absolute mission in the first 300 metres to get there. Uh, uh, that, uh, McDonald did it. Uh, on Crystal Pegasus from Barrier 7 was on the fence after about three strides uh, and it, it was a 3.10 favourite and it's one. you look at results go yeah $3 favourites one if it had sat one off the fence it wouldn't have run a place that's mm. what the track was like and, and I think you're exactly right it's, it's shit racing um, look if you've walked the track or spoken to someone who's walked the track or you've done your data and say this is, this is, this is going to be one lane and I'm going to bet accordingly and you've had a good day I mean good on you but it's not good racing it's it's not good track preparation. You can't, you can't, you can't have a narrative of like, oh, we're going to do the Everest because we want to get young people to the races, and we're going to, we want to be a party, and 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 then produce that shit. You can have traditional tracks like Sandown, you know, like uh, Canterbury, Hawkesbury, Gosford, where it is like veteran smarts, yeah. I think, right? But if your Randwick's, your Rose Hills, your Caulfields, your Flemingtons have to be good tracks to, to bet on and to race on when you're getting into the sport. Flemington is so far in front of Rose Hill and it's an, a disgrace and it should be addressed and that some money that gets, keeps getting pumped into prize money and all the other farcical things that don't move the needle much at all need to be put into this track because the, the guys who are running the track will be getting tainted by what they've got, you know what I mean? Like it's not. I'm not criticising for one second the people running that track. I reckon they're probably under-resourced. That's my point, yeah. Um, Randwick, look, to give some credit where it's due, Randwick was in bad shape six, 12 months ago and has improved a lot, and in most cases racing very close to fairly. It's not anywhere near as good as Flemington, and anyone who says, I read a few months ago that a Sydney journalist said it was the best racing surface in the country, he is on drugs, he <laughs> believes that. I don't actually think he does believe that. I think he's, what uh, sort of drugs do you yeah. on? Party line. Um, Party line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And look, just take an example from another sport. When you know, in the eighties, in the VFL as it was then, they played footy in the winter on grounds like Moorabbin and that were ankle deep in mud. And, and, that, and that was par, work. wasn't it? That was normal. And that was normal. But that, and even the MCG was pretty rough in those days in the winter. But and that gave, like Moorabbin in particular gave St Kilda some sort of home ground advantage, and everyone said, well, that's part of the game. But the AFL wouldn't these days would not stand for footy being played on in conditions like that. You know. Um, the, the dome, you know, Eddie had or whatever they call it now, is too hard, if anything. The MCG is like a bowling green every single time they play on it. And, you know, those little quirks and eccentricities of the suburban grounds have been shoved aside because it's not a good spectacle. If you want to be a, you know, A1-grade product, you can't you can't be, uh, you know, showcasing your stuff on that sort of, uh, in, in those sort of conditions. And also, it's whatever they say it was, like a firm two, and they're kicking up dust and sand on it, like... Like, if you want to be the best, you have to have the best track or equal to the best track, and you need to figure out what... I don't know, I don't know how to do it. It's not my job, but I would be going to Flemington and offering yeah, them all as much money as I, they need to come and, and renovate my track and fix it, my track. Just speak privately to him. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. That track came good the day he arrived because Flemington wasn't great five years ago, let's be yeah. honest. You want another uneducated opinion that's going to like just trigger the, the people who hate me? It's surely got to be easier to grow grass in Sydney than in Melbourne. Uh, it has to be. I've right. lived in both. It just grows quicker there. They got they get more rain. Maybe. Bit more rain, bit more heat. Yeah, a bit more sun. Yeah. Don't, I don't get know if those that's true. That's real gut feel shit, shit there, but <laughs> surely. If so, you're in, if if you've got an opinion, write in. Contact Dickens. It'll be great. On Twitter, don't I can email. I won't read it. So okay, Australian horses is. You can do it with your eyes shut, and you reckon track preparation's a piece of piss? No, I think track preparation's surely not a piece of piss because of how f- often they are not not up to scratch. Yep. But we have evidence at Flemington to suggest that it's achievable. Yes. And New South Wales has more money, probably than Victoria, or a, a, certainly enough, <laughs> to achieve the same result. Would be they more money than they know what to do with. If- uh, and if you don't believe me, look at the highway and the midway every Saturday at the uh, city car. Mm. Yes, indeed. All right, so um, let me ask yep. this question then. So if there is a horrendous bias, and look, there was a bias at Ascot as well on Saturday, except that was more just on speed. Uh, there wasn't necessarily any sort of rails bias. We saw horses that were three wide, no cover going well and outside the lead and so forth. When that bias occurs, how do you handle it? Because I think everyone's very different when it comes to this. Some people try and actively look for the bias. On Saturday, I was more than happy to just go, yeah, white flag, we'll just play on, just like go to the next meeting. Um, what's your preference there, Mark? Um, if we are going to get a bias track, a hot rail is my least favourite yep. of them. Uh, a lot of people disagree with that. A lot of people think it makes it easier. I, I sort of struggle with that. I mean, I see the reasoning in that if you can just find the leader... Um, or find things drawn low, you, you've got an advantage, and I, I certainly see the logic in that. But what tends to happen is once the pattern becomes evident, that everyone starts writing for it. Yeah. You saw, you know, like Tim Clark basically won the um, the Expressway Stakes in the first two strides, winning just five, and you know, overpassed in the wide gate, and it was that was it, game over. And um, yeah, it's just strange things happening. I mean, I'm not saying by any means it was impossible to win on Saturday, uh, and apparently a lot of, a lot of people did, but Looking at the results, the bookies would have had an absolute, 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 absolute. The, the shorties that went over, the roughies that got up. I know well, some well back horses won too, but on the balance, look, all the multis would have been through the two-year-old, Great Barrier Reef, Animo, Yee Yee, probably Rule of Law as well, and only one of them won. 
Um, plenty of double figure odds, or you know, nine, ten, and bigger odds winners. Tough day on the front. Not impossible. Don't suggest it's impossible by any means. The one I'm filthy on, I actually sent it out in my notification, didn't pull the trigger, was more Sundays, because I could mm. just see three going for the lead because of the hot rail. Huey, Huey drew four. If he'd drawn one, I would have been all over. If he drew four, but he was straight to the fence and he's got up on the line. Like, you know, $10 or something. But, yeah, I, I think that's sort of that what, was the way what, you had to think. Yeah. That's sort of what gets lost in the, like, the Naki nonnies yelling out, screaming at Claire, screaming at us. <laughs> is It's not hard when you do this all the time like we do and they do and you know, the sick people do to fit to go like we're, we're racing at Sandown on Wednesday here the Valley on Friday and then Caulfield I'm going to have a really confident view as to how that track will play before those meetings I'll have a confident view this afternoon on Sandown because of the historical data and the work that Peter and I do well, the, okay. but hang on then, then I'll go to the, the meeting and I'll map the first four races five races to confirm or adjust my theory to, to then make betting decisions from. So I, I won't. I, I will already have maps. I will have horses or jockeys that I think are flexible. So it might be like you know, Ollie's drawn two, rails in runs dead, but there's not a lot of speed. He's probably going to get off. Whereas if it was an apprentice, he's not going to get off. I'd adjust yeah. like that, yeah. and I can handle it. I can handle Saturday. I had one bet in Sydney. It was Yiri. It, I beat SP. I don't bet in Sydney. I've just started doing it by myself with Mark's assistance and our data's assistance because I asked Mark, how's he going to race? Probably rails and run, probably on speed. So I was like, well, we're probably going to get Coffin. You know, that's fine. Yeah, what happened. Uh, I, I can handle it. People can handle it. Yeah. But I had one bet in Sydney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, could have had 10 if it was... Yeah. yeah. Um, then I got knocked off by the other Waller run. Yeah, I mean... That... Talking about how you're using the historical data for Sandown on Wednesday, that's exactly what I did. And I, I said... Most likely on pace, most likely thinks best, but not not lane two hopeless, not not outside lead hopeless, not sitting one one hopeless. Anyone who anyone who stepped force or that either walked the track and if they did so good on them, uh, or had a crystal ball because I've got all the historical data and didn't and have on, enough and probabilities. There, they were the most likely good spot. But if you are related to God and somehow knew that it was exactly what was going to happen, or if I were you, I wouldn't be on fucking Twitter after that. No, shit, no. Yeah. Well, so if I didn't have COVID, I'd be out ripping and ripping and yeah. tearing. <laughs> We'd be at the stinger. We'd yeah. be tearing yeah. the joint up. We'd lock the doors. Yeah, uh, it's good fun. Yeah, and just going, I mean, this is one of the rare cases where literally anything that was off fence in the run, um, you just have to forgive. Yeah. Animo was enormous. Absolutely. And had plenty to come in the yard from uh, Rob's report as well. Yes. Yeah, so it's a big, big push for Animo. Massive push. All right. Big horse to follow. Have we done the two-year-olds? We have not. We'll just... Uh, let's talk about them. So we had the Canterbury. We had the Widden. Uh, won by Best of Bordeaux and Queen of the Ball. Obviously, the the million-dollar, billion-dollar cult did nothing. Um, you know. And then we're comparing them to Cool and Gatter. I guess that's probably the the bottom line. So what, what are we making of the, the winners there on Saturday? Well, we've got to start with the caveat that they both were straight to the front. Yeah. Uh, in not strong, uh, they looked to be going quite strongly, but they weren't particularly when you compare them to the 1200 meter races, I think. Um, however, uh, yeah, they just the, the two winners went to the front and just got further and further and further in front. And it was actually after uh, the third, um, the win, that ever the penny dropped with everyone what was going on with the track. Because yep. uh, the highway winner in race one was Rails in Run, but he ended up coming down the middle, and it was a, it was a it was a bad highway even by highway standards and proved nothing. 
but then when we saw the two, um, yeah, the two two-year-old races, it was obvious what was going on. Uh, look on the figures, the Phillies got the edge on the Colt, for sure. It's um, faster overall and faster home. Simple as that. Um, so, look, there's certainly something there with Queen of the Ball. She's had absolutely everything in her favour on Saturday. But what she did prove is that things do go her way. She's got a bit of talent, but she's mm. run a pretty good figure. Um, best of Bordeaux, you would think something better than um, than him would be winning the Golden Slipper, but time will tell. And as to Cool and Gatter, um, before I'll hand over to you on that, I think, look, on raw figures, Queen of the Ball's gone better than uh, what Cool and Gatter did in the Magic Millions, but Cool and Gatter's, cool and Gatter's spring win was the the run of a very, very good two-year-old, probably the benchmark. But, um, yeah, sometimes the Queensland campaign isn't the ideal prep for the Golden Slipper. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And, um, so, yeah, the jury's out. I, I, we couldn't be labelling Cool and Gatter just yet, I wouldn't think. Okay. Well, I'd say off the off the numbers, like, you could argue that the, the Philly in Melbourne on Wednesday at Caulfield's gone as good as the anything in Sydney on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I wouldn't, which I wouldn't want to bet on, but you could argue, yeah. and you could argue that Coolangatta has been up and it was slightly regressing. Even the Doomba number was was inferior to the Sydney number. You could argue, I wouldn't bet on it. I think I think the the only real takeaway is that it's it's really wide open, and if you find something you like out of a trial or or anything that wasn't leading or in the gun spot on Saturday. And you can get the price. I think you're entitled to have a little bit of a, a lash this year. I, I think it's pretty open at this stage. Okay, very good. Um, let, let's just quickly touch on the week ahead. Mark, you've got uh, Kenzo Wednesday, Gosford Thursday, Newcastle Randwick on Saturday. Yeah, but back to the sort of Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday light week. It's been pretty chaotic in, through January. And I think um, after this week for the rest of the month, we've got Friday nights at Canterbury. Three, night, three weeks in the lab as well. So it's going to be pretty busy, but this is a, a wider week than average, actually. Okay. And, Dicko, as you said before, you've got uh, Hillside Sandown there on Wednesday, Valley Friday night, Caulfield Saturday, with uh, a few other favourite joints scattered amongst them, including, what, Sale on Sunday? Uh, Bendigo no, Sunday. No, Bendigo Sunday, which is a nice meeting normally. Um, and we've got the Bull as well. Plus, I've got, I think I've got Werribee, you know, Packenham, probably Penn Packenham, but we'll still look. Um yeah, so it's a, it was a really light week last week. We dodged a lot with the rain. We're not going to force it today at sale, even though the same meeting, but still a heavy nine. Um, so, yeah, excited to um, rip and tear into a big, big week in a new month we lost in January. Just um, full disclosure. So uh, looking to bounce back pretty quickly, Jacko and I. A um, couple of horses to follow from the Valley. Sinawan, I think it'll go to the CF4. I think it'll be yep. really, really hard to beat. Um, I think Shakespeare for Paddy Payne's ready to win. Just black book it and probably just back it wherever it goes. I did that. I might have said this on the show or on our thing or on the radio a month ago, and then one of them turned up. Be attempted turned up in Morfittville. I think I actually bet against it. So um, okay. just back and wherever it goes. I think Finance Tycoon was really really good versus the pattern of that race on on Saturday. You can follow it with a bit of confidence and Pinstripe as we spoke about Peter. I think it's a horse with a bit of upside. Okay, very good. Uh, I'll catch up with you both later this week. We'll do some previews for the weekend ahead. Have a good week, guys. Go well. Bye for now.